Hello, my conscious soul. This is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 16 with Jane Garnett. Jane is a therapist, an author, a freedom lover, and deep seeker. Beyond her Oxford education, and traditional psychotherapy training. She has been on a wild ride to wake up to life's vibrancy. It is her passion to share her love of life and freedom with as many people as possible. Her highest fantasy is to hold up a diamond mirror to humanity so that we can each see our glory. You can reach Jane via Instagram on at thebananajane or go to www bananajane.com. In this episode, we discuss how to instill a sense of play into our everyday adulthood lives, what an ego death is, how to allow our feelings to guide us, and in-depth definition of integrated psychedelic therapy. Here's my interview with Jane. Thanks for being on the show, Jane. So I normally start off with your personal history, who you are, where you grew up, and what your mm-hmm. early years were like. Sure. Um, so I was born in London, in 1975 and um, my early years were a mixture because my parents were divorced Mm. so some of the time was in London kind of seeing both parents so it was a bit fragmented in London but things would come together in Scotland in the highlands of Scotland Mm. where my mother built a kind of hippie shack in the middle of nowhere And we would go and spend long stretches of time there without any electricity, without any way to access by car. Um, You know, we found a a way to make our own fires and fetch our own water. And, uh, you know, really live. (laughs) It was incredible. So Mm -hmm. it was a really mixed, mixed time growing up. You know, the confusion of a fresh divorce. And, you know, the, the vibrational sort of um, difficulty of that. Mm-hmm. And and then this kind of bliss of being really connected to nature. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And you are a founder of Banana Jane. So tell me about what is it about? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a whole story around uh, the name Banana. I named myself Banana when I was sometime between six and 10. I have a horrible Ooh. memory, but I, I chose that name for myself. Um, so now when I call myself Banana Jane, it's a way of um, staying connected to that child spirit. Mm, yeah. You know, the child when choosing a name is just thinking about something that it wants to feel. Yeah. And the adult choosing a name runs that name through so many other filters. Mm-hmm. So when I think banana, I think of the way that I wanted to feel as a child or the way that I wanted to grow, which was into more freedom, more juiciness, more mm. like this suchness. I don't know if you know that, that kind of yeah. concept. So it's like the juiciness of life and experience and amazing. the excitement of being alive, you know. Yeah. So how can we, since you mentioned about the childlike mind, so how do we sort of instill that into our everyday lives? Because, you know, as adults, like these days, we kind of get lost with like, with how everything is going and we don't really have time to play. You know, we don't, yeah. 
we don't make it as an important, but it's actually very important to still have the mentality. So how can we sort of hone into that mindset? Mm, yeah, I think some of it is about being really honest with yourself about what you love. Mm. I feel like sometimes with adults, play gets put into a category that almost goes along with the other shoulds. Mm, um, that's right. We yeah. We should get together with other people and go on this social date or we should play tennis or we should, I'm making it all sound so square, but I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of how it feels to me. When you enter yeah. the world of shoulds, you'll get yeah. into the world of sort of squares. And the child is more of a kind of, the child is a free thinker and a rebel and just likes mm-hmm. what it likes and does whatever the fuck it wants to do, excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that is, a really important thing to connect with as an adult otherwise you'll really just end up living your life for everybody else mm-hmm. and then you're not really serving anyone that much anyway that's right um right so so yeah I think being really honest with what you love is very important like what do you really love like you know while well, I'm wearing these butterflies today and mm-hmm. there's actually some little insects on one of the things that I love which is just you know, it sounds so, I don't know, it's, well, I suppose it sounds so childish, but is, I love looking at bugs. When I look at bugs, to me, that's, mm. it's, I connect with the miracle of nature, which is one of my kind of guiding um, uh, ways of understanding, mm. you know, why we're here, I guess, that feeling of awe, you know, that feeling of excitement mm-hmm. at just being in the world of creation. And so if I look at an insect, I look at all of these, these, little details that Mm. sort of came out of nowhere and this living thing that you don't really understand that's Mm -hmm. in front of you and to me that sort of I I find that really wonderful and fascinating and a lot of people don't really want to like spend a bunch of time examining an insect you know that just like doesn't Mm -hmm. sound fun or exciting in which case (laughs) you don't do it but but I think so some of it's that what do you what do you really love going into that and then also then you know what is it's also examining the boring you know why you know why are why do we put ourselves in situations where we sustain something that's boring I mean obviously we have to make make a living but Mm -hmm. there are so many ways that we can reinvent our life and experience so I think uh to me this is sort of coming back to this idea we are creators of our experience and creativity operates in so many different ways Mm -hmm. so how can we start to find what we love so is it just by giving ourselves time to think first and then figure out yeah um I think you know like any of these big internal changes mm-hmm. usually it's a uh, um there's no one size fits all it's kind of a I feel it's a bit more like throw uh what is it like you know throw things at the wall and mm-hmm. see what see what yeah yeah you, you make yeah you make a decision. Okay, I'm going to discover what, you know, I'm going to reconnect with what I really love. How mm-hmm. do I do that? Well, I might write about it. I might start a, you know, I might start a journal. When I'm really honest with myself, what I really love is, and you're like, shit, what do I really love? Okay, mm-hmm. what do I really love? I love my cat. Why do I really love my cat? Oh, I really love my cat because when I watch the way that she moves, it makes me think of how I want to be in life and you know whatever you just go on like a little uh, journey with yourself Mm -hmm. and it doesn't you don't have to share it with anyone or maybe you would like to share it with someone or maybe you'd like to ask 
one of your really closest friends. You know, mm -hmm. where do you see me light up? Because it's relational too, you know? Yeah, it is, actually, um, yeah. I've, I've had that before where I was talking to someone who was um, actually a, a speech therapist and we were talking about public speaking and how to kind of share your voice, which I, you know, know very little about, but I just got a sense that it's this whole world to discover. And um, while I was talking to this woman, she said, you know, you really love this word, allow. Ah. And ever since she said that to me, I've thought about this word, allow a lot. And mm -hmm. I'm not a big believer in, um, I wouldn't call myself a mantra person. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, sometimes that feels like forcing things. Mm -hmm. I don't like any kind of forcing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I like allow I like allow 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 because I think that from my observation as the therapist and as a human is that people are very hard on themselves and to protect ourselves we make a lot of judgments mm. and our judgments hold us back so we need to create spaces that are judgment-free zones and it can take time to create those spaces mm. even even if it's just a journal you know how easy is it to be critical of yourself even when you're writing a journal mm -hmm. so allow 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 be the good parent to yourself you know allow yeah. yourself to have feelings <laughs> yeah because it's so hard because even like myself I'm can be very you know everyone is self-critical but in a sense that sometimes I don't allow myself to do certain things and then I was like oh you shouldn't be doing that or or you're not doing enough or mm. you know it's like even though you yeah. keep on doing something but there's like a little voice inside of you still just like I could have done better and yeah. that's yeah so like yeah. when you find Thank yourself you. in that like very self-critical situation how can we shift ourselves into loving ourselves more? Yeah, I mean, it's a brilliant question. <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> oh, just, I have time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I feel like the, the critic this is my, how my understanding is growing around this, and I feel like mm -hmm. I've got a ways to go. The critic is a part of ourselves that isn't going to go away. It's like, as, as our world is established right now, we have policemen, right, who are there to watch over things. Sometimes that position gets abused. Sometimes that position is helpful. Mm. Sometimes you're really glad the cops are around the corner. And sometimes, as we know from recent history or history in general, you know, that is the opposite is true. Mm -hmm. So, but cops exist. We have to find our own relationship to cops. Okay, so it is on the inside. In the inside of us, there is a there is a cop, there is a policeman, there is a mm. critic, there is a... Mm. You find your own word for that character in, yeah. inside yourself. Yeah. You mm -hmm. want to give him or her a name. Okay. It might yep. be an animal. It might mm -hmm. be, but you're, you're finding that creature inside yourself that is policing you, that is saying no don't do that or you know only do this or you did that wrong or you should have done it better mm. or why 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 do you always do this mm. the wrong way whatever it is she, I, for me it's a she and she's like a she's got a whip yeah you know she's yeah. cracking the whip mm -hmm. and she doesn't like 
like to rest. She doesn't like to celebrate wins. She doesn't like to like hang out and have a glass of champagne. She's like, she's just got that. Yeah. So I feel like it's seeing that that it's seeing that entity inside yourself and uh, recognizing that it exists, Mm -hmm. not trying to get rid of it. In my experience, when we fight, with these parts of ourselves and we try and get rid of them it doesn't work yes. it's the return of the repressed right yes. it's like yes it will come back you cut off one head and you know many more will grow so mm-hmm. don't my biggest sort of one of my biggest pieces of understanding that I try and share with people is don't mm-hmm. fight with yourself oh yeah it doesn't work mm-hmm. see, see the different parts and try and make a deal yeah, that's true. When you look at it that way, it's like what you persist insists. So the more you persist, yes. it, it's going to keep coming back. Then you're suppressing mm-hmm. or you're not owning all parts yeah. of you. Right, exactly. And it's also disrespectful. It's like if you go to a party and you just decide, you know, this person's bad and this person's wrong and this party mm. would be so much better if there were three people instead instead of 10. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not embracing of, uh, of sort of otherness. Yeah, there's a lot of judgment towards it. You know, towards everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's. If I think about her, she's like that for a reason. Like, she probably didn't have a safe childhood, or, or you know, mm. um, all these these scary figures come from scared places. Yeah, maybe it's coming out of fear, trying to protect ourselves from getting hurt. There you have it. There you have yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole um, school of therapy around this that I'm just kind of starting to understand a little bit called um, IFS. It's internal family systems, if you're interested. Mm. Something to learn about. Yeah. What is it about? So now I'm interested. So we'll just <laughs> keep well, I, feel bad. I'm, I, I just want to say I'm a novice in this. Okay. I've literally yeah. just done one short work. Yeah. But I was like, yes. This- it's basically you know um we have all these different parts inside of us like different figures or personalities just like in a family Mm -hmm. so we don't think of ourselves as one way we think uh you know there's the for me like there's the mother in me there's the daughter in me there's Mm. the artist in me there's the the one we just described the taskmaster in me right there's the child there's uh, there's a wise woman, there's a really goofy teenager, you know, there's a whole, like, if you really start thinking about it, it's a bit overwhelming, like, all these yeah. different It's parts. true, yeah. And it's a, it's kind of amazing, but the really cool thing about it is that um, if you start thinking of it like that, almost like a village internalised, and mm-hmm. if our task is self-acceptance then all you have to do is just give everyone enough space so that they don't that they feel like they can coexist peacefully I've never looked at it that way before but it's true because sometimes we're too hard on ourselves as well like what we're discussing before it's like like I'm so confused what do I really want because there's all these things that I want to do or this and like what is it like why am I like this but if right, you exactly. it like that, yeah. <laughs> well, also just listening to you made me think it sort of brings us back to, I think, where we started with this, which was about um, the child mm. and play. Like if, everyone's, if everyone's unthreatened, if everyone is in a state of 
calm, then they can play. And that's why a lot of kids don't get enough play because they don't feel safe enough. That's like if, and that's an early developmental, you know, situation, but it's, it's kind of the same with adults. Like if we're always feeling like we're in a, in a battle, we're having Mm -hmm. to defend ourselves and prove ourselves, then it's very, very hard to access play. So when I think again about accessing play and that state and that childlike state, we want to provide ourselves, even if we can't, even if we are in threatened spaces, we want to do everything we can to give ourselves experiences of, of safety. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that calms down the nervous system enough to be able to kind of see the bigger picture and then choose where you want to go. So I think that's always the most important thing. It's like, am I, am I looking after myself? Mm-hmm. You know, am I doing everything I can to make my nervous system relax and be calm and be in a state of safety? Mm-hmm. And then if I am, I can start to relax and say this whole thing doesn't have to be such a big deal. I can, uh, I can experiment. I yeah. can explore. I don't have to figure it all. Just because I'm an adult doesn't mean I can't explore. Yeah, that's right. I think it's like it ties down to what you were mentioning before. It's like should. I think we were like, I shouldn't do that. Like there's a lot of should attached to mm-hmm. it. That's right. And in terms of like speaking about, you know, how we don't like as adult, like how we don't create a safe place for ourselves. How can we create a safe place for ourselves? And also do you think it's like our ego stopping us from really letting us be free? Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I do think that that's right. I think the ego is a block to freedom. And that's why, for me, the sort of psychedelic path has been Mm -hmm. a a source of great teaching on Mm -hmm. a kind of more experiential level, because Mm -hmm. I'm a naturally um, very defended person because I'm sensitive. So sensitive people and to be more, you know, they become more masterful at defending mm-hmm. on a kind of psychological level. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was hard for me to let therapists really in, in a way. Like I'd get, I'd let therapists get close to me and mm-hmm. I'd learn something from them, but I wouldn't want them to really get in there with me because uh. I felt like I needed to get myself. Mm-hmm. And why should I let a stranger come into my system and like really yes. see the softness and like that so um right that's ego and that's being guarded and and it's not like a wrong thing or a bad thing it's just a thing that stops you from from really growing um in the way that we're talking about in terms of becoming more conscious Mm. and uh you know what to me the psychedelic path has been has been a way of um sort of uh tolerating ego deaths so Mm. um Ego deaths are when you see a part of yourself that you don't like. It's like when you see yourself lose, or you wouldn't know this yet, you're too young, but as you get older and (laughs) wrinkles start coming in, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. whoa, 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 this wasn't supposed to happen to me. Yeah. Right? The ego, the only thing that would ever satisfy the ego apparently is winning, but it's never satisfied anyway because yeah. the ego can't be satisfied. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like saying win or lose, do or die. Life is that simple. It's a black or white. It's, not it's ego. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But again, it's a protector. 
protector. It's trying to, mm. it's trying to protect us in life, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the idea of winning is really just the idea of like surviving, essentially That's not right. getting eaten or killed. Um, so the cool thing about going through ego deaths is then you can actually access something bigger, which you might think of as your heart's intelligence or your higher intelligence mm. or, um, you know, consciousness itself. Yeah. This place is big and wide and open and full of possibility and and uh, love and connection. So think about it as ego is a disconnecting principle and the heart is a, more of like a connecting principle. It wants to connect. Mm. So, and consciousness, I think, as I mean, I think it, it wants to move, doesn't it? It doesn't want to stop. Yeah. It just wants to keep growing or just learning. Mm. And I'm asking you if you are the conscious. You're the queen of conscious chat, so I thought you might. <laughs> I think it's right? like consciousness more like an infinite in a way. It's that, you know, is, I mean, it's like sometimes when you think about like consciousness, it's kind of broad. It is broad. There's a lot of definition to it. It's, it's just a broad spectrum. Yeah, exactly. And ego is not broad. Yeah. So there's a there's a line that one of my old mentors said uh every defeat for the ego is a victory for the soul wow and i always like that uh so how can one experience an ego death (laughs) how i mean we we experience them all the time (laughs) how can we not experience an ego death okay so we all experience ego deaths because we don't all win all the time you know okay yeah always um we don't always get the get to be with the person that we have the big crush on we don't always get to eat the thing that we want to you know eat or um you know it we can't script other people's reactions to us so when somebody says to us something hurtful that's an ego death right usually yeah yeah It, it any kind of feedback that you don't like about yourself gens- is generally an ego death. Ah, yeah. If you th- if you look at it yeah. that way, yeah, it is. It's like, and do you think it's about being able to let go as well, rather than trying to control the situation? It, I think it's being open to it. Yeah. So if you think about it, if someone tells you, if someone said to me something that, okay, I'll give you. I'm trying to get a proper example. Um, all right. So I wrote a piece recently and I was reading, um, a piece of writing and I was reading the feedback, um, from, from people I didn't know. Mm. They put it in a comment section and there was a guy who wanted to disagree with me on Mm. some points in my article. Mm. And so part of me that brings up like, Oh, why is he arguing with me? You know, I, I just wrote the article. Except if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. So there's that defensive part of me that comes up. And then I'm like, and then I remember, I always say to myself, Jane, it's all learning, right? It's all mm-hmm. learning. So let's see if you can go into this. Like, is this guy saying something that you need to look at? Like, mm-hmm. is there some value in this? Is this is, you know, these are, these are all like lessons, wrapped, beautiful, lessons wrapped up in nasty packages you know yeah. when you get that when you get that icky feeling it's basically like go there explore it see what happens because you know what it's not going to kill you mm-hmm. you've already gone through the death the death is oh you said you didn't like me yeah okay 
fine. Now what? Like, explore. What's there? What, what is? Is there some really cool shit under the crap for you to find? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the willingness to kind of just just go there and dig around and see. Look at the different perspectives. You know, he mm. thinks this. I think that. What's the space in the middle? Is there another way of looking at it? Yeah. So again, bringing in the spirit of play. Oh, the worst thing happened. Somebody didn't like me. I failed. You know. Um, okay. Mm. And also now it's what? not just about like being right or wrong. It's about, yeah, like it's being able to look at a situation from another person perspective and integrating that. Because sometimes when we actually yeah. like look at a situation when we think that we're so righteous about something and we sort of block ourselves from learning more new things or trying to grow because it stops us from growing. It's like, and maybe yeah. that's our ego stopping us from growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's I remember my daughter when she was about um, 10 saying to me, the hardest thing to believe is that other people are actually real. Mm. And I mean, I think that also applies to ourselves. But yeah. I think if you really, you know, if you think of how real you are, right, and this is we only have ourselves really to work with. So if you think about how real you are and how much you feel and how much you think and how much you try and how much you do and how much you don't do. And, you know, a, a single life contains so much experience. And then to think that that's the case with another human being, which it absolutely is. We know that because we know how many books have been written and how many people are speaking out there and posting photographs and Instagram. And, you know, there is, yeah. there's just so much life inside each person. And, and if we can concentrate on that more, then I think there's more just kind of like reverence. Like mm. It's just amazing that you're you and I'm me and what the hell is going on? Nobody really knows. You know, <laughs> like yeah, we're all, true. we're all, I think of it like we're all in the dark together, you know, we're all on our own, we're all on our own together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can just sort of twinkle at each other across the void and just say, hey, Mm -hmm. hi, conscious chat in Australia, you know, hi, in LA and, you know, um, it's, it's, again, I think we're back to sort of bringing that level of threat down with the other person and seeing that they, they're really just another version of us. Yeah, it's true. And then we can look at them from a like from a place of understanding and we're just coexisting in this universe rather than, you know, not just we're just not in our own world. It's like we're all coexisting in this whole universe, but we're all different, but also the same. Yes. And in terms of like, because I wanted to talk about since you mentioned about the psychedelic earlier. So I want to ask you a question yeah. about what is integrated psychedelic therapy and what is it used for and what's its benefit? Mm. Yeah, uh, so integrated psychedelic therapy is, um, it really means looking at um, this experience from a psychotherapeutic standpoint. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at um, taking a psychedelic as a way to grow and Mm -hmm. to feel better really to feel Mm -hmm. better in your own person um so there's a there's a level of it that speaks to sort of the level of antidepressants and that's a big area Mm -hmm. of uh, 
science that is currently growing, as I'm sure you're aware. Mm-hmm. And then there's the psychedelic experience itself. Um, both interest me from the p- perspective of a, of a therapist because mm-hmm. my my job and my work is about helping people feel better. Um, so there are, there are a lot of different ways to to go about that. But the psychedelic experience itself, um, meaning you take a psychedelic and you um, go into that experience um, with with guidance and with, mm. with awareness and with intention, um, is an experience of kind of of meeting yourself and it's very much um connects with the conversation we were just having mm-hmm. where you may see parts of yourself that you don't really want to see it can be <gasps> confronted particularly initially mm-hmm. um, you're like oh my god I I realize I am actually being mean to that person or I haven't been paying my daughter proper attention or you know these are the I'm just drawing from my own experience yeah, you know yeah, of yeah. things that I I've seen like oh gosh, I really need to grow my confidence. I see that now, you know, you see these things and, and you get to see them in a way that feels really true. Cause you're not, you're not in conversation with another person. Usually when you're doing it, you're in a conversation with yourself. Wow. So yes. you're meeting yourself on a deeper level mm-hmm. and you see there's a, there's a heart opening involved. So mm-hmm. when you, when your heart is open, it's just easier to to go with the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's, you get these sort of new experiences of your heart and your mind coming together mm. that sometimes are hard to access through talk therapy or, you know, many other therapeutic modalities. Although I think mm-hmm. we're learning from psychedelics that there are different ways to do this. So for me, I don't feel like I need to um, give you a psychedelic experience mm-hmm. to share my is with you or share some of this kind of energetic work mm-hmm. it's essentially mm-hmm. it's energetic work so yeah I my personal interest is in sharing what I've learned from psychedelics in other ways mm-hmm. because psychedelics come with their own complications yeah it does, um, yeah. results may vary it's a very um it's a very big playground yeah <laughs> it is yeah 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 so for me because I'm a, a sort of caring nurturing person I like the idea of people if they're going to enter that massive playground Mm -hmm. that psychedelics basically are a playground of discovery of self-discovery I like people to go in with some education Mm -hmm. with some um, intention with um, a sense of safety around Mm -hmm. them and with someone to talk to before and after so I love it when people come to me and they say I had a really huge sort of psychedelic awakening and mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with it <laughs> and I'm like yeah. okay let's because then we can unpack you know this is it gives us really good sort of juicy material to unpack together mm-hmm. and and to sort of weave back into normal quote unquote normal life you know um so we can gather a lot of inspiration from these psychedelic journeys we get new oh, perspectives yeah. new glimpses of how mm-hmm. life can you know um I feel like I've had glimpses of um what what life would be if we all really took care of each other you know if we if we all took care of the earth if we all uh, really felt connected to the planet mm-hmm. um life would be really different and and so to me that's exciting because um I like change and I like um 
thinking about how we can get there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, I love um, having sort of inspiring visions that then can kind of lead me into the future, a future that can be new and exciting and full mm. of growth and possibility. I know that if I feel like things are impossible, nothing's going to happen. Then I'm manifesting just more of the same. But if I focus my mind and, you know, on the things that I find really beautiful and that I really love, and then I just take tiny steps in my daily life to honor those things, mm-hmm. right? Those sort of the visions that I bring from my heart, then then I know I'm going in the right direction. I'm going in my own direction and that's the right direction. Yeah, that's beautiful because like I've experienced ayahuasca like I think it was a year ago or something. I want to experience like more about it. But during the time, like I had an intention of wanting to know my truth and find out like what I'm put on this earth for. But even though I it kind of didn't get the answer that I was looking for. But the experience was something that I've like, it just, it's out of this world. It's just taken me into a new dimension and just like change or shifted the way I look at things. And it was just like, it was such an eye opening. Like, and that's why I'm like, if everyone wants to try, like I'm, I'm, I'm big on psychedelics and like plant medicine. So like, I'm like, if everyone and anyone wants to try, I'm like, just, please go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, that's easier to say when you're not a therapist with a therapist license on the line. But oh, yes, yeah. I, I think I personally, I can just speak, you know, personally, I've, I'm, I'm so grateful for those experiences. Um, I feel like my life is more fun now because mm. of them as well, you know, that I, I can live with more joy. Yeah, it opened at the channels inside of you yeah. and just like yeah and I want to yeah it's you- a bit like unleashing so excuse me but I think that that opening your heart is just a little bit like um it's a bit it's a bit of a superpower mm. uh, um I think you know you when you start to feel like you have these experiences your imagination gets switched on your heart gets opened and then that it there's part of you that feels like you can fly in a way that you mm. couldn't before yeah does that resonate with it does it does because it's like normally like you know um as human beings because it's it's hard to get your mind and also your heart to sync and marry the two together because sometimes the heart is like you know it wants different things and your head there's like there's all these logics they're like no no that's not because your head is actually trying to protect you from getting hurt so you're trying exactly. to stop yourself from doing certain things or put yourself in certain situation, but then there's your heart. It's like, no, follow your heart, do this. But then you're like, what do I even follow? Because my heart and my mind is not in sync. And like, how can you marry that two together? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if, if they married for you when you took mm-hmm. ayahuasca, did you feel like that, that your mind and your, you had some experiences of your mind and your heart coming together? as one it, it it is because it's just like because normally you know like when I was doing ayahuasca I was feeling it in my body and rather than my mind is just like in that experience as since you know I was taken to a different dimension but I was seeing like I was I wasn't this like bar or like at this space but it's like everything is a geometric pattern but then my mind is you know seeing this or feeling it but then also my body is there so it's like 
basically it's like you feel like your mind and your heart is in sync because you're there you're experiencing mm. it you're feeling yeah it. Mm-hmm. yeah you feel more you feel yeah. it's i think that's that's actually a really good way of um articulating what happens on psychedelics is that you you get to feel more yeah you're and feeling it yeah you're feeling more and feeling as i'm learning is an intelligence system Mm. so and it's an intelligent system we have systemically shut down over many years Mm. that's one of the problems with the suppression of the feminine is that the idea of feeling and feminine are very sort of intrinsically aligned Mm. so we've all suppressed it with the suppression of the feminine has also come the suppression of the masculine Mm -hmm. and the suppression of level of feeling and Mm -hmm. so we're stuck in this kind of weird out of body intelligence and feeling is inner body intelligence Mm, yeah that's right yeah um and feeling is a way that we can move through life I mean thinking can be helpful Mm -hmm. but it's not always helpful usually we're with strong feelings we are scared of them or threatened by them so we shut them down but if you travel for a strong feeling, then usually you find some really cool shit at the end of that path. So, yeah, I think there's a lot. I think we can travel with feelings a lot more than we even realize. Yeah. So is that how, how we find our truth by following our feelings or, or do you have any insights on finding our truth? Uh, yeah so so feelings are like um yeah they're they're like essences they're not you but they're they're little um little clues in a way Mm. so Mm. you know you feel strongly about something okay that that gives you information Mm -hmm. you know with with the two-year-old it's like i want that toy Ah, you didn't give me that toy you know and then we know two-year-old once with the adult it's it's usually more of a cagey business (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um so yeah because we don't we think it's you know uncool to have a a really strong feeling and it is literally uncool I mean it's a very sort of fiery and strong process to have strong feelings and I think it's that we need to tolerate the feeling we learn to tolerate the feeling rather than suppress it Mm-hmm. we allow we're back to allow we allow the feeling mm-hmm. and we allow the feeling to travel through us to learn from the feeling but the feeling is not you ah. the things that come through you mm. you're not like existentially a feeling you're just a living being who has feelings mm-hmm. so it's channeling and through the you have yeah, and the feelings that you have give you information about yourself. They like leave little trails of information if you let them pass through. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they just um, stagnate inside you and probably make you sick. I don't know how that happens, but I imagine that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, because it's just um, like you're not allowing it. So it's like you're suppressing it, but then it's stuck with you. And one day something triggers you and it all just comes out, but in a mm-hmm. not in a healthy way. 
it, like in a right. very toxic it's like way. a volcano oh, it's a volcano, volcano not in a toxic yeah in a toxic way because yeah. it's not just that little yeah. incident that happened it was like all those past incidents that has happened in the yeah. past but you yeah. didn't allow your yeah. feelings or you didn't express it and you're holding that on yeah and then one day little I was just thinking little, yeah yeah okay sorry to interrupt I was just thinking of a um, a better image for like a like an aerosol can with a really nasty deodorant in it. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> a long time, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, carry on. No, no, that's, that's what I was mentioning. It was just like, and for, you know, sometimes when you're in a conflict or something for the other person, the other person must be thinking like, Oh, I don't get why she gets so upset like that. It wasn't even a big of a deal, but then yeah. like, and for you, because of, everything that you've been bottling up and suppressing and it all just came out not from that one incident but it's from the old the previous past incident. all the stuff yeah yes <laughs> yes yes yeah yeah I can relate to that yeah um I know your time is precious so I'd like to um wrap this yeah. up with uh, three final questions so the first one mm. is um share one truth about you that only you know yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, yeah. I'm a sharer. I, <laughs> I don't hold back. Maybe that's the maybe that is the truth that only mm -hmm. I know because no one else would actually be able to um, say this. But I live with myself, so I know that. Yeah, I'm. I share everything because without connection, it, none of it seems to matter. Mm, that's true. That's I like the idea that all of it yeah and the second one is what does it mean to you to live a conscious lifestyle oh gosh um okay life is art in the making mm. is that a good enough answer you, yeah <laughs> do you want do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> um everything we do is precious every Every little moment is filled with beauty. Um, one game I play with myself is the, the it's like the deathbed game. I look back at my life from um, the idea that I'm dying. And I think to me, I don't see, you know, the, the wedding and the moment I was up on stage and the, this, I mean, maybe I do, but I also see the little moments I see, um, standing in the kitchen doing the washing up and the feeling of water running over a plate and over my hand and noticing a you know a little hummingbird outside mm -hmm. the window or being in a fight or just curling up under the covers or um anything anything doesn't matter anything you see from that perspective is precious because it's all life and every single moment in life is completely unique it has completely it's even if you're thinking oh god I've been in this moment a million times you actually haven't so to me it's that that awareness of like the the beautiful endless interplay of all oh, parts amazing and the final one is what impact do you want to leave on this world um Impact is a, I don't know if that's a word. I don't just sort of, I think maybe um, like influence. Influence, yeah. Okay. Inspiration, maybe, or teaching. But um, yeah, I mean, okay, 
big dreams. I would like to create some kind of um, diamond mirror experience where people could um, actually learn about how glorious they actually are. Mm. So I think that involves some kind of experiential education program. I'm actually starting to work on that and creating kind of animation figures and working Amazing. on different ways to do cinema so so yeah I want to provide people with um beautiful experiences where they can wake up to their own um truth and glory that's beautiful I'd like to have you on it once you you know come up with the whole experience yeah of course again I can't wait well thank you for being on the show Jane. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What what a yeah. pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.